34. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So, man, numbers, right? Um, Last time we talked a little bit about, you know, uh, Aaron and Miriam and how they, you know, rebelled against my man Moses. Like, who told you you was really that guy, right? Like, why not us, right? And so now we've, we're moving on. And again, we just see how Israel is being tested in the wilderness, right? God is going to test their faithfulness. And unfortunately, they are going to test his, right? So in 13, bro, Moses is like, all right, tribal leaders, I want y'all to go scout out the land, <laughs> right? Yeah. They would have scout out the land for 40 days, come back, bring a report. And they come back and bring a report from the land. And Moses specifically tells them, bro, be courageous. Right? Right. And so all the cats come back and was like, oh, nah. (laughs) We in over our heads, chief. Right? The people are strong. We are tiny. We're the size of grasshoppers to them. And my man, Caleb, he from the tribe of Judah. It's already been prophesied over him. So he like we good. Like, let's do this. Right. And man, you just see, bro, that um, one, God had already said that he was going to get a land to them. Right. Before they scouted it out, the promise was already made. Right. Go back to Abraham. He already made a covenant with Abraham saying, I'm going to give them this land. Right. And so they're doubting, not just what they, by what they see, they're not just not uh, living by faith. And I mean, they're, they're not just living by sight and not by faith, but they're doubting God's covenant word. They're doubting the word of God. And so um, the thing we see here, bro, is that in the wilderness, we should not be surprised to see that the word, the covenant word of God has spoken is doubted. And that doubt here is fostered by leaders, right? Right. And, and faith in scripture, man. Last thing I was like, faith in scripture is a type of sight, right? Go read Hebrews 11, right? And hear this. It's not just a type of sight of what is unseen, but it's a type of sight that is seen in contrary to what we see with our physical eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, I love that last point because it's uh, Moses sends them to scout out the land. And the crazy thing is all 12 of them go and all 12 of them come back and they actually see the same thing. Mm. They're like, yo, Mm. no, no, no. Listen, like I, Moses said that the grapes would be big. No, the grapes are big. Yo, you, (laughs) You know, big-headed Joshua, right? Man, the grapes are the size of his head, right? So they come back and they're like, no, no, listen, it's all good. Yeah. But then you have a group of people that say, but, right? Mm -hmm. And what comes on the other side of that, but, Mm -hmm. is really going to determine what lenses you look through the future. And they say, but, they're big and we're small. And Mm -hmm. they interpret the future through the lens of their weaknesses and that's what leads you to despair. Despair is interpreting the future through the lens of your weakness. Joshua and Caleb come through and they don't have despair. They have hope. Why? Because they're like, no, listen, the grapes are big. No, no, listen. But these dudes, they are big. How? <laughs> but God is on our side. Mm. And that's where hope comes from, right? Interpreting the future not through the lens of your weakness, but through the lens of God's strength and the lens of God's greatness. And that's the differentiator. Everybody sees the same thing, but they've got different lenses on. So it leads them to different conclusions. And I think that's the 
that's a truth for us as well. Like we see the same things, the same problems in the world that exist as everybody else, but we have different lenses that we look through. Man, that's an excellent insight, bro. That's so good. Yeah. That's ministering to me. Yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, man, they keep moving, bro. And now you have the leaders fostering this doubt, but you have the community now, like mm -hmm. a bunch of folks in the community trying to abandon the faith. And I'm right. just like, wow, the Bible is just so much, so far ahead of us, bro. And we're just catching up. And they're like, if only we had died in Egypt, bro. If only we died, bro. Like now we about to die in the wilderness. And he was like, man. And, and so the people are like, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Bro, grumbling is never innocent, right? Mm. Grumbling leads to a game plan. So mm. people say, yo, let's get somebody else who's going to take us back. Yo, get Jimmy. Jimmy's always been good with directions. <laughs> <laughs> he can Thanks. help us get back. Yeah. And yeah, just that, man, they... They fear their surroundings instead of fearing their God. And that's what leads to rebellion, right? And yeah, yeah man. I, you know what's crazy yeah. is I, when I've read this in the past, I've just thought like, man, you know, we, we prefer bondage as opposed to freedom and right. all these things. And we have this type of spiritual Stockholm syndrome where we prefer and have an affinity for our old life and all this kind of stuff. I think that's true, but I think in 14, what makes 14 different from 11 and other places where they say similar things is that they say, let's appoint a leader and go back. So one of the things you see, bro, is when people leave the journey of faith, when they leave the God of the Bible, listen, they usually, they usually shift to a new faith, right? <laughs> they go to yeah. a new one, a new religion, right? With new right. leaders. That is going to lead right. them into what they perceive as the good life or their own construction of the kingdom, bro. They want different voices, yeah. right? They don't want to follow God's mediator who's provided this way and path right. for us to go in this great act of redemption. And in our day, bro, it looks like choosing a scientist, choosing a politician, choosing right. a philosopher, choosing a celebrity, right? And sometimes themselves, right? to follow instead of God's appointed mediator that has accomplished this great act of redemption. And you see, bro, it's the same thing here. Right. Yeah. Yep. And at the end of the day, what does Moses do? Moses steps in and he oh. intercedes for them. And one of the things that you see is this, look, the people of God are not saved because they came to their senses. Mm. They are saved because they had someone stand in the way that's of good. God's punishment, yeah. a mediator, right? And in that way, That's Moses good. comes back and he repeats the promises of God back to them. And what yeah. we see is Moses doing what Christ has done, right? So Christ is on the cross, right? God did not save us because people cried out saying, Father, forgive us, right? Salvation takes place when Jesus is on the cross and he stands in the way and says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I'm standing in the way of your punishment yeah let numbers 11 we're going to see a complaint about internal cravings numbers 12 we're going to see a complaint about leadership numbers 13 we'll see a complaint about spies of the land and then numbers 14 they make this all-out attempt to have these guys killed bro have them stoned and go back right. and we just see the graciousness of god what does god do he brings down his fire but it's on the outside of the camp right he ain't right. touched nobody yet right and so he keeps it he keeps it so gracious and eventually these these guys are judged, but God is just gracious to 
put up with them, right? And to uh, bear with them in the wilderness. And time is going by and by and by. And the people continue to rebel and rebel and rebel. 15, he's going to bring back up these sacrifices to remind them, like even in the midst of sinfulness, bro, like I have ordained a means for you guys to come and dwell in my presence, even as you know sinners and me being a holy God. But in number 16 is where I almost like was like, wow, bro. Because yeah. in the wilderness, you know what you learn? You learn that some of the people hear this that seem to be the closest to God, to God, are actually the farthest from God, right? Mm. You see the rebellion of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and On, and bro, they are from the Levitical line. So they have yeah. this privilege in taking up the tabernacle when it was time to head out. And they like they were they had a privilege, they had a position in Israel. But what you see is they wanted Moses' position, right? Mm. So so you see this lust, bro, for yeah. glory and influence and power that leads them to rebel against God, right? right. They yeah. wa- they wanted it all. They wanted to be that dude. And Moses was <laughs> right. and God said in, in Numbers 12, he's like, Moses is the most humble man. Like I put him there, right? Like it's not like right. he just, you know, did his thing and came on up. No, no, no. Like I put him there. And so to rebel against God's leadership in this way is to rebel against God, bro. And yeah. man, I think, you know, in the wilderness, when you see the desire in, in folks or in ourselves for more power, authority, and prestige amongst God's people, it can yeah. serve or it will serve to be spiritually lethal. And it will ultimately right. lead to God's judgment. Man, yeah. yeah. That's, that's so good, bro. Yeah. Man. Last thing, and I want to backtrack just a, a bit on this yeah. last thing, is the people grumble, and as a result of that, they're led to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. We see the discipline of God, the punishment, uh, but I do want to show the grace in the discipline of God. God is not this God of wrath, so here's what takes place. They will be in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm. However, they're never going to miss a meal, right? Mm. They won't get into the promised land, but the lesson that they're going to have etched in their hearts is this. Mm. God is a provider, right? And in their discipline, even in their discipline, God is going to be gracious and he's going to use the discipline to teach them the very thing that they doubted, that God would provide for us, God would protect them. God's going to provide and protect for them. And we see God's grace, like, yeah, standing out, woven through even his acts of discipline. Yeah. Yeah, let's pray to that end. Father, we uh, pray that even in the midst of our own rebellion and sinfulness, God, we will be uh, convicted and ultimately transformed uh, by your plan and your provision and your graciousness to us, even in the midst of uh, turning away from you. Uh, we pray that that would lead us to faithfulness and it would lead us to faith to see things that the eye can't merely behold. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.